just invoke God's presence like you do so well into this service today. Amen. God is so good, isn't it? Let's give God a hand clap of praise. He's worthy of all our praise. He's worthy. Amen. Father, we thank you, Lord God. As your word said, Lord, unto Say you loved us, Lord God, and washed us from our sins in your own blood, Lord God. God, you died a death, Lord God. Lord, you, you laid, no man took your life, Lord, but you laid it down of yourself. You said, I have power to lay it down, I have power to take it up, Lord. So we thank you, Lord God, for this day, Lord God. Thank you for your loving kindness and your mercy. Thank you for this Christmas season, Lord God. Help us to keep Christ in Christmas, Lord, knowing that you are the reason for the season, Lord. So we thank you for that, Lord. Move by thy spirit this day. Have your way. Cleanse us through the washing of the water by the word. Anoint us to do your will. Keep us by the power of God. Help us to walk by faith and not by sight. Use us, Lord God, this day to do your will, Lord God. If any come in unsaved, save them. Fill them with the Holy Ghost, God. And God, help us, Lord God, to have hearts to hear what you're saying to the church and to receive and to obey you, Lord God. Thank you for victory, Lord God. Thank you for your joy. The joy of the Lord is our strength. Thank you for your peace, Lord, that peace that passes all understanding. And thank you for victory, Father. In Jesus' name we pray for the glory of God. Amen. Amen. If you have your Bible, Matthew one twenty-three, God in the midst. Oh, oh, if Christians could get this. If Christians could get this, some people are in here waiting for God to show up. He came in with me. He's going home with me. He's going to ride to church with me. He's going to ride home with me. In fact, when we get it right, he said, he said, I'm going to bless you. Uh, and particularly with his presence, because all other blessings flow from the reality that God is with us. God is in the midst. He's in the midst. The church universal the true church those who have been baptized by the holy spirit into the body of christ have become a building fitly framed together for a habitation of god through the holy spirit can you say man so we're not just going to church we are the church in fact the church is where the temple comes to worship what Paul said, what? He, he looked at people looking at him when he said things like that, like a calf at a new gate. What kind of deal is this? What's going on here? Amen. They didn't get it initially. So he said, what? Know ye not that your body, your physical body, is the temple of the Holy Spirit? Amen. And God indwells you. Amen. He's with you because he's in you. He's not with you because you sense him with you. He's with you because he is within you when you receive Christ as your Savior. God comes to indwell you. They're all over Jesus. They're pushing. They're shoving. And they're, they're trying to touch him and get to him. And the disciples, are. you can just see them pushing people. He, my Jesus. He's my Jesus. He's my Jesus. I mean, they're following him and people are pushing them out of the way to get to him. And he said, Lord, we got a question. How is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not unto everybody else? Because we can't even hardly have any time with you with this big crowd pushing and shoving to get to you. And he said, if any man hear my words and keep my commandments, I and my father will come unto him and we will make our abode 
with him. Can you say man? Now abode with him means it's, you're going somewhere to live. This is another Motel 6 where you, you spend the night and hit the road. Amen. God says, I'm coming to indwell you. And because of indwelling us, that when the Holy Spirit comes, he will be with you. Why? Because he will be in you. He will be with you because he's going to be in you. And because he's in you, he's going to abide with you forever. Praise God. Amen. So the Father has come to indwell us. The Son, Jesus said, if any man open the door, I will come in and sup with you and you will sup with me. Can you say amen? The hope of glory is what? Christ where? In relation to you after the cross. Christ in you. The hope of glory. So here we sit today sometimes feeling like God is way up there and we're way down here. And nothing could be farther from the truth. Amen. How does he keep his promise to be with you? Well, when I sense him. You know, you know I wish I had come up with the, the concept of footprints and copyrighted it. I could buy us, you know, a three million dollar church right now out of my own pocket because they must have sold millions of copies in various forms, footprints. And you know why they sold so many? Because we relate to it. We relate to it. When I needed God the most, I felt him the least. And I wondered, why didn't he help me when I needed help the most? Why didn't I feel and sense that, that warm, wonderful presence of God? Because when you're going through a trial, I'm going through a trial, and our emotions are running so high. Those emotions are overriding what we should know spiritually and by faith. Faith can change your emotions. But your emotions can't produce faith. Your emotions are like a roller coaster. You'll have some extreme highs emotionally. And you'll have some real lows emotionally. You'll never get above being discouraged. And you will never, ever, ever get deep enough in that discouragement that God can't pull you out. But the way he pulls you out is to develop your faith. Listen to what he said to Peter. He said, Peter, Satan had desired to have you. And that word have you, we think it's specific to Peter. It includes Peter. But it's, it is an all-inclusive phrase in the Greek. It means all of you. And it means us right in this room today. Satan doesn't just want Peter for some reason because Peter is, has such potential. He wants every child of God because every child of God has a testimony. Every child of God has potential because every child of God can be filled with the Holy Spirit and filled with the person of God himself. Amen. I remember a time when the first thing people wanted when they got saved is to be filled with the Spirit. They wanted to have the Holy Ghost. Maybe for the wrong reason. Maybe so they could fit in with the spiritually elite. And that is a very wrong reason. The only right reason to be filled with the Spirit is the reason Jesus gave. And you shall receive 
power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And you will be witnesses unto me in Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost part of the world. Can you say amen? This is a power gift. No wonder the devil doesn't want us seeking to have that presence and power in our life. Amen. I'm, I'm so glad to be not just appointed to preach the gospel, but anointed to preach the gospel. Because the anointing breaks spiritual yokes. Nothing else will do that but the anointing. But when the anointing comes, it changes everything. God is in the midst and we sense his presence. But you know the story of footprints. I mean, it's, it's, it's a sentimental but true-to-life story. I'm walking along and I'm going through the hardest time in my life and you promised to never leave me. And I, I looked around and I, I, I was walking along the seashore and, and I only saw one set of footprints. What's up with that? That's not in the footprints thing. This would be my version, which would sell way more than the other one because it'll relate. What's up with that? You promised to be with me. I don't see and sense that you've been with me. So you're not keeping your promise to me. Now, not only has the devil got you in trouble through the pressures and trials and heartaches and heartbreaks of life, he's got you doubting God on top of that. Can you say amen? Your faith has to develop beyond your emotions. Your faith can change your emotions. But you don't change your emotions to demonstrate faith. They just change when you believe God. God is in you today. We, corporately, collectively, are a house fitly framed together to make up a body, the body of Jesus Christ, for a habitation of God through the Spirit. And the reason you see so many Christians walking around without that joy of His presence is because we're waiting on some tentilating feeling to convince us of His presence. And if you get convinced by the Word of God and the revelation of the Holy Spirit of His presence, you'll start feeling tentilated by that truth. It'll change your feelings. I didn't get up this morning and, you know, gauge where God is. I know where God is. Can you say amen? I don't, oh, but where is he when you're, when you're in the fire? Ask Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego where he is. Can you say amen? Threw them into the fire, and they looked around and said, whoa, <laughs> amen. We're not alone in here. What a witness. What a testimony. God in the midst. When God is in the midst, even the flames didn't kindle on them. And God's deliverance and victory was so great. The Bible said when they came out, not only were they not singed by the fire, touched by the fire, but there wasn't even, I love the details in the scripture, there wasn't even the smell of smoke on them. Now, to all you that used to smoke or still smoke, and you pop in that, that uh, you know, that chewing gum, It ain't going to work. The smell of smoke is going to be on you. You can spray yourself with, uh, you know, La Fleur de Stinkum. And uh, that, that's a French perfume. It's very expensive. I should copyright that too, right? 
you can old spouse. You can put all the, you know, old spouse on if you want to. But the smell of smoke will still be on you. Can you imagine being thrust into a furnace that killed the people that threw you in? It was so hot. In fact, for them, they heated it up seven times hotter than enough to burn you to a crisp. And when you get in there, you discover there's someone in there. And because of the presence of that other person in the fire with you, that person isn't being burned up. Only, you know what burned off of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? The only thing that burned was the bonds that they tied them up with. The ropes burned up, but it didn't touch or singe their skin. Wow, God's deliverance. Because he is in the midst. Hallelujah. I, I, I don't look for him in the fire. He's with me. And, oh, it's the promise, isn't it? When you go, not if. You're going to go through it. If you haven't been through it, surprise. Amen. You might buy into a ministry that says you can develop your faith to where you don't have to go through it. Well, you're going to go through it. That, that preacher and that message doesn't work in a faulty body. It doesn't work in a fallen world. It is no defense against a formidable foe like the enemy. He's going to cause you trouble. Life is going to give you problems. You're going to have pressures. The key to this is learning how to walk through that fire without the smell of smoke and without it kindling on you. So what does he say to ancient Israel even before the Holy Ghost was given? He says to ancient Israel, when you go through the fire, not if, but when it occurs, it will not kindle on you. For I... Just like he was in the fire, he's in that trial, and he's in you, and he's with you. And if you put your trust in him, in you and with you, it won't kindle on you. The devil's device won't work on you. Hallelujah. Amen. It won't work on you. It just won't work on you. Where were you, God? Where were you when I couldn't feel you and I couldn't find you? He was where he said he would be. He's within you and he is with you. And when you start accepting that by faith, you don't wait on a feeling to convince you of it. But when you get convinced of it by faith, your feelings are going to change. Amen. Amen. And how we need that. Because the average Christian, look at somebody and say, we're above average in this place. You are, you wouldn't be here. Do you realize you wouldn't be here if you wasn't above average? Because the average everyday status quo Christian is on their way out soon. Amen. They've had their hour. They've had their fix. They've been entertained. They don't know how to go through trials. And if you meet them on a Wednesday, you wouldn't know they'd been to church on a Sunday. Can you say amen? You wouldn't know it. They're just one of the crowd. And you wouldn't know it when the trouble comes. Amen. I remember when I was going through something really, really bad, and I asked Terry after a men's breakfast. I asked Terry and I asked Doug Doug to pray for me. Amen. And they came alongside and began to pray for me. And this is when I get to reap some of the things that I have sown spiritually in people. I had been ministering a message about the God that does wonders among his people. And he marks us with 
miracles. He identifies himself as our God and us as his covenant people because of the miracles that he works. I even used Kayla as an example in that message. Praise God. Because Sherry was preaching on teaching and preaching on miracles in the Sunday school class. And this is back. Caleb probably don't remember because she's getting older now. And you know how it is when you get older and you don't remember all those different things. And, and she's getting in those teen, teen, not tween, but teen. She's been through the tween now in the teen. Uh, Sherry, you've done a good job on her. Praise God. I know Kayla's now waiting to hear what she said. I remember. I'll never forget. Amen. She said, has anyone here ever known anyone that has received a miracle from God? And Kayla said, me. When God touched her, she's a miracle child. Jerry wasn't supposed to have no kids. After Josh. Well, Lord have mercy, you know. Josh makes up for two or three, right? He's, he's a big kid. Amen. God is good today. I want to get this. I want to get this. I don't want to start looking for Jesus. I want to know where he is. I want to locate him. Amen. I want to know where he is in relation to me no matter where I am. You know what David said? Oh, I'm going to read this. It's a Christmas thing. This is all a Christmas thing. He come down here to be in the midst of us. Amen. God with us because God now can come within us. He was with ancient Israel. He's with us, but in a different, more perfect and personal way. He's with us because he's now living within each one of us as his children. Hallelujah. And it is Christ where? Let's locate him. Let's locate him. Let's locate him. It's Christ in you that is the hope of glory. What does that mean? That means the reason that you can expect to go to heaven is because the holiest. In fact, pearly gates don't make heaven holy. Streets of transparent gold don't make heaven holy. Can you say, man, foundations of precious stones do not make heaven holy. It being so far from this old fallen world doesn't make it holy. You know what makes it holy? The one who is the light of the city. Bible said we won't have no electric bill when we get there. That's one of the perks of going to heaven. Amen. <laughs> Tico won't bill us when we get there for the light because the Lord himself, that's why everything has got a translucent and transparent uh, quality to it. It's precious stones that light can shine through. It's transparent gold. So it doesn't block the light wherever you are. The light of the glory of God is going to shine and illuminate that city. Praise God. Hallelujah. What a place that's going to be. We're going to be with him forever but before we get there amen while we're at home in the body we're absent from him in that kind of of reality that's coming but we're not absent from him spiritually he's come to indwell us and i look at christians that have no idea no idea if i don't get a, if, if i don't get a, a if, if i don't get a shouting 
scintillating feeling. A lady promised to come to church and, and uh, one of those other people that threatened to come. If we had all the people that threatened to come, we'd have to get the big room back. Can you say amen? We've had a lot of people threatening to come. Anyway, uh, she said, I went to church and told me where she went to church and said I was waiting there waiting there and i don't mean this in a bad way if you're listening lady but i would tell you the same thing that you're going to hear which she won't be listening but if she was if she was here she said nothing happened in that service to make me cry in other words if i are you crying because you're convicted then you need to get saved If you're, if you're pitying Jesus because he hung on the cross, you need to understand that's why he came. He wasn't a victim. The Bible said he led captivity captive, triumphing over them in it, literally oh, in the cross itself. Amen. He became weak. He became a curse. All of that came on him so that we could have victory and be set free. And so he could demonstrate his victory when he took the keys of the grave and hell and walked uh, out of that tomb. Hallelujah. With, with the keys of death and hell on his belt. Praise God. Amen. I've been looking out at Sunday morning saints for 40 something years plus. Not many walk in this place with victory. But that's okay if you walk out with victory. What's not okay if you come in without the victory, hear the Word of God, get exposed to the presence of God, and walk out like you walked in. Is there no bomb in Gilead? Is there no physician there? The prophet asked the question, he said, summer's come and gone. The time of harvest is come and gone. We're still not saved. Is there no bomb in Gilead? Do you know what that's about? Gilead was known for its medications, for its bombs. You could get a poultice uh, of herbs to put uh, on to heal, made out of natural things. It wasn't a bad deal, by the way. Is there no bomb in Gilead? That would be like saying, is there no medication in Tampa General Hospital? Is there no doctors and no nurses there? Well, it's a hospital. It's got the medication. It's got the doctors and the nurses. God is a great physician. He can heal your brokenness. He can heal the hurt. He can heal the pain. Hallelujah. The kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but it's righteousness that allows His presence. It is peace, and it is joy in the Holy Ghost. Everybody say joy in the Holy Ghost. Say it again, joy in the Holy Ghost. Amen. Wow. Wouldn't it be great? I mean, all of this is ours. He hath. Past tense. It's not something he needs to do. It's something he's done and we need to grab a hold of by faith. He hath given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Everything you need has been supplied to please God. To live a life of victory. To live a life of dedication. To please God. Godliness. 
Hallelujah. Everything has been given to achieve that through the Holy Spirit, the Word of God, the promise of Christ to be with us and within us. And to live this life with a sense of confidence and consolation and hope and joy. Amen. Everywhere I go, I try to spread joy. Everywhere. Sometimes I may seem foolish, but I'm happy. Amen. People ask me how I'm doing. I say, great. Just like Tony. You don't know Tony? Anybody know Tony? Who said that first? Tony the Tiger, right? Amen. I want them to know I'm doing great. I'm doing better than good. I'm doing great. Bag boys and stock young stockmen run up to me in public. I can't go in there with somebody, and they'll say, "Bob," and why? Because I'm not a grumpy old man. Grumpy old Christians. You need Jesus. You better find Jesus. He's your only hope. He can make you happy like me. What a crazy bunch of people. God's in us. And we're nonchalant. Christ is in us. And we're nonchalant. We're filled with the Holy Ghost. And we're subject to every emotional feeling. And that's why I went through nervous exhaustion because God was in me, Christ was in me, the Holy Ghost was in me, and yet I went through nervous exhaustion because that is something you have to have reiterated to you. You can't hear it one time, experience it one time, and have it kick in when you need it the most. It has to become part of your very being. It's like that bread that came down. You partake of it. Amen. We partake of of Christ. He said, my body is meat indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. He that, listen, partake, listen, he that eats of my body, this is a spiritual thing between us and Jesus, and he that drinks of my blood, amen, shall never hunger and shall never thirst. You're not going to be needy. You're not going to do without what you need. You're going to be well nourished. You're going to be strengthened. You're going to have everything you need to live in this faulty body, in this fallen world, with this formidable foe, the devil, and live in victory in spite of it all. Amens are dying down a little. I'm going to give you one more chance. Do you believe God is able to do this in you? I'm not talking about your emotions, dear Lord God in heaven. They're no different than mine. Uh, it's a roller coaster. Amen. Good things happen. Whee! Doggies. Bad things happen. Instead of good morning, Lord, it's good Lord morning. What's coming next? Saw the light at the end of the tunnel. It was a freight train. Amen. No, no, no. There's no light at the end of the tunnel. There's a light in you in the tunnel. You don't have to look for something outside of you. You need to start looking. You need to locate God. Not by your emotions and your feelings. Where is God right now? See, the wonderful thing about God being a spirit is he can sit upon the throne in heaven and he can sit upon the throne of your heart simultaneously.
He can be as close to you as he is to me right now. But if you keep waiting on a feeling and you're so emotionally raw, you can sit like my mother-in-law did. My, my father-in-law took Floyd, took Maylene to a, to a crusade. And people getting blessed and people getting healed and people getting delivered and people getting joy and shouting victory. And she's sitting there as stoic, absolutely separated from it all. God moving by his spirit. Because she was in that cubicle of feeling where if I, if God doesn't cause me to feel him, I can't accept he's with me. And I feel, I feel like. Have you ever felt that way? See, what you've got to do and realize is that's a feeling. That's not a fact. And when you accept as a fact what God's Word says about it, it'll change your feelings. You won't have to feel Him to have the peace and the joy of His presence. If you do feel Him, that's a bonus. That's not something you can, you can say, I, I, can't, I can't get through this unless I feel you. Well, if you're going through something, you probably won't feel Him. You probably won't feel him. I couldn't find him when I was going through nervous exhaustion. I couldn't feel him. I went out on the banks of the Hillsborough River. I'd lived near it. And I went out on the banks of the Hillsborough River. And I said, God, where are you? I could have wrote footprints before somebody else copyrighted it. I'm sitting in a room today with people looking for the joy. We're going to try to find the joy. You're not going to find it without Jesus. And I don't mean just having him as your Savior, but having him as the person who says there is a friend. And it's not even about Jesus. It's talking about a friendship, fellowship, personal relationship. In the Old Testament, prophecies about Jesus usually has a star beside it in study Bibles to point you to the Messiah. But there's something always related to Jesus. And it says, and there is a friend that sticks closer than a brother, that is more committed, not committed because of familial uh, relationship, but committed because I love you and I will never leave you and I will never quit you. There is a friend. Oh, by the way, that friend is also defined. No star beside it, but I always think of Jesus. There is a friend that sticks closer than a brother. And the Bible said to define that a friend loveth at all times. You're not always going to be easy to love. You and not just you, me too. Let me get me involved here before you get mad at me. Amen. Listen, you're not always lovable. You can let people down like they let you down. But if you've got a friend, a true friend, they love you in spite of you. They love you anyhow. They won't quit you. I found out there's a lot of Christians <laughs> that never became friends with me. Amen. There are Christians supposed to be. There is a love, by the way. Christian community needs to get a hold of it. There is a love. It exists in Jesus and in the Holy Spirit. The love of God is shed abroad where? In our heart by who? The Holy Spirit. So you can't just say, Come tie my bow tie. 
and claims to be spiritual. You have to love like God loves. And it's unconditional. And it doesn't give up. And it doesn't just quit. It's quick to forgive. There is a love that covers a multitude of sins. Can you say, man, there is a love. But it's not this religious brand. Some people, you offend them one time. And they'll quit you like they never knew you. Amen. And I'm talking about church people. I'm not talking about the world out there. There is a friend out in the world that sticks closer than a brother. There's some people out in the world don't have the Holy Spirit. They'll be a closer friend to you than some people in church with the Holy Spirit. And you'll find that out. I hate to say that. I'm sorry to say that. But you're going to find that out. There are people that they, they, don't, they don't get it. They just don't get it. And so they walk around in this daze. When I went through nervous exhaustion, I couldn't find God. And I went and got my Bible and I went over to the church. We lived behind it. And the only place I could find consolation was in the Psalms. I opened the Psalms and I didn't just read it sitting at my desk. I walked around and around the old holy church of God. And I was reading the Psalms out loud. I just, why? Because faith comes by hearing. Listen, if you don't have somebody to come around you when you need that, begin to read the word of God out loud loud to yourself can you say man there's something about hearing the word even if you're the one reading it out loud and i found a man in the psalms i found a man feeling what i was feeling experiencing what i was experiencing not being able to find or sense god and to ask the question where are you crying out to him. Heart is overwhelmed. And he asked God to help him with that. When my heart, David said, not if, but when my heart is over, we're never supposed to get in that condition, but we live in a faulty body. We live in a fallen world. And your enemies, you can run, you can change jobs to get away from someone who's persecuting you and pressuring you. But family, the devil says, if I can get someone they can't run from, I can keep the pressure on. And Jesus said, listen, he said, there's, there's, going, to be, there's going to be fathers turn against mothers and mothers against fathers and daughters against mothers and mothers against daughters and sons. And it's going to run in that family. I came to send a sword. I told you he came to, set, to start a fight. He didn't come to evoke sentimental feelings, but to win a victory for an hour behalf over the devil and his minions. I came. He's the prince of peace. Is the world no peace? No. 
What did the angels say about him before we close this morning? They said, peace on earth. Did peace come to earth because he laid in a manger? No, sir. Is there any peace anywhere on this earth right now? No. The wicked are like the troubled sea whose waters cast up mire and dirt. There is no peace, saith my God unto the wicked. Can you say amen? No peace. Nowhere. That's why they shoot up. They toke up. They drink up. They get involved in so many fleshly sins searching for fulfillment and peace. And it always eludes them. But there's peace in Jesus. And what the angel message was, peace on earth means if you want to find true peace, the Prince of Peace has come. Amen. For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but it's righteousness. It's peace. Because when you get peace with God and he comes to indwell you and commit to never leave you, you experience the peace of God. But it's only in Christ. You understand better why peace didn't come when this baby laid in that manger? You know where the reconciliation came? You know where the peace came? Where a man could have and a woman could have peace with God because our sins have separated between us and our God created enmity. It happened on the cross when Jesus paid the penalty and the price for our sin. Hallelujah. He made the way and he said, come unto me, you that labor and are heavy laden. I will give you rest. I will give you rest and you will find rest for your soul. And you know what rest for your soul is? Peace. Because that, that, that's between that tension between you and God You've been reconciled. Hallelujah. Thank God. And when you have peace with God, you begin to experience the peace of God. Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. And Jesus put it this way. He, he said, in this world, fallen world, faulty body, formidable foe. Say it with me. Fallen world. Faulty body. How many's body is not supernatural? Yet you have, it's still corruptible. Amen. Thank God for healing. Thank God for help. Amen. But this is a corruptible body until it puts on incorruption. It's did you, did you, I hate to put it so bluntly today, but, but everybody in here is deteriorating. Even Kayla. <laughs> She's growing up. And you know what growing up means? I want to grab her head and push her back down. <laughs> Amen. Pretty soon she'll want to grab her own head and push herself back down. You know what growing up means? After a while, you're going to find yourself growing old. My son, Matthew, he looks young. He's childlike because of his issues. He's sweet and he's got a pure heart. <laughs> but, but he's getting older. <laughs> My dog's getting old. He's deteriorating. He's 10. That means he's 70 in human years. Boy, do we get along good. I used to take him on long walks. Now we have short walks. And you know, and actually I'm doing better than him. I asked the vet when we took him to the vet, I said, listen, he's lost two pounds. I've been walking him around the track and, and, and I haven't lost a pound, doc. 
He said, well, get down on all fours and do it. It'll burn more calories. And I said, We grow up, we grow old. This is a corruptible body. It's in the process of beginning to break down. Did you know God never created it to break down? Something happened to the human body, to the human condition when sin entered. There was no death. That meant there's no deterioration, there's no aging. And it's going to be that way again. It's going to be that way again. Brother Venable, will I know you? You know, are we going to be some kind of protoplasmic something or another? Will I know you when we get to heaven? The Bible said we're going to know each other as we're known. If you know me now, if you know me here, you'll know me there. Amen. And I'll know you there. And I'm glad because I like you. And, amen. I mean, I, I have to love you. I even like you. That's beyond the mandatory. God doesn't just love us. He likes us. He wants to hang out with us. He built the place so we could be together forever. Hallelujah. Amen. God is in you. God is with you. He can't do any more than that for you. He can't make you feel him. When you're so emotionally distraught, you feel like you're abandoned. I feel like, is any, I've heard this over and over. I've said it. I've heard it said. It's got to change if God's going to help you. I feel like heaven was brass. I feel like my prayers were just bouncing right back at me. I felt like God was so far from me. That is a feeling that is not a fact. And when we begin to accept the fact of God's word by faith, our feelings are going to change. Our emotions are going to change. I stood on the banks of the Hillsborough River near a mobile home park, walked out there to be alone. And I said, Lord, how can I stand in a pulpit and tell people what you will do for them in trouble if it's not happening to me? You see, the devil didn't just want to hurt me. He wanted to stop me telling you about God's faithfulness because there's other people going through things, going through things. And that's what happened to the preacher up in Tennessee or Ohio. I think it was Ohio that was going to turn in his minister's license because he said, I feel abandoned of God. I feel like God has failed me and I have failed God to believe him. So I can't continue to preach the word when I can't experience that in my own life. I feel like a hypocrite. And I, I, have, I have talked to the, the presbytery, the leadership of my denomination, and told them I'm getting ready to send in. I have it written out, my resignation and the reason from resigning from evangelistic ministry. And he said, and you know, God uses everything that the devil means for evil, and he can use it for good. And I, I'm not a bitter preacher today because of what I've been through. I'm a better preacher today because what I've been through. Amen. Because I can relate to you. And I don't have a quick fix for this, but there is a, there is a physician there. There is a bomb in Gilead. Amen. But you can't just get it in a line. 
I went to PTL, stood in the line. Lord, you know the story. I sat out there glued. I said, I don't know what other people's needs, but I'm desperate for something from God. I need help and I need it bad. I'm paying strict attention to the word. I need my faith to work. I need God to work in me. Amen. I remember the happy hunters who had a healing ministry were ministering at that camp meeting. <laughs> up in Carolina, I'm sitting out there, I'm glued to every word, and suddenly he stopped and he pointed me out. And I thought, here it comes. Here it comes. Here comes my deliverance. I don't have to go through this anymore because I'm going to deliver from it right now and get on about God's work. Amen. He's pointed me out and said, you. And I looked to the east and west, amen, hoping nobody else raised their hand, amen, because <laughs> I was the one in need. I'm the one hurting. You, you're a minister of the gospel, aren't you? And I thought God gave him a word of knowledge because I didn't have on a preacher's suit or anything. Didn't have a big cross around my neck. Nothing wrong with it. It's a good thing to do. But God revealed it to him. He said, would you please come up? And I thought, oh, yeah. Oh, yes, yeah. not my brother nor my sister. It's me, O oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer. He calling me out. God's revealed to him I'm a minister. He's going to lay hands on me, prophesy over me. God's going to deliver me. I'm going to go back to Tampa and get it on for Jesus. Amen? Wouldn't that have been great? Wouldn't that have been wonderful? And I got up and he said, Sir? Would you stand right here? He's got this big line of people he's praying for. And every time he starts to pray for them, they fall out under the power of God, and I'm catching big ones and little ones and all the in-betweeners. And I'm laying them out like cordwood. And I can't wait for him to lay hands on the last. must have been a hundred of them. And they're laid out like cordwood. And I get down to the last person. And I thought, I am sure glad that that last person got what they needed from Jesus. And it's my turn. And he shook my hand and said, thank you, sir. I told you I could have wrote footprints. On a rainy, 35 degrees and rainy morning, I went while they were televising PTL Club. And I thought, boy, this is it. I'm, I'm a seeker. I'm going to tell you, I don't do like some people give up on God. I'm going to keep seeking him. I'm going to keep knocking. Amen. As long as I got breath, I'm going to call upon his name. Amen. The devil's not going to shut me up. Listen. Amen. And so anyway, I went to, I, some people just sit home and brood, sit in their room in the gloom and ponder doom. Amen. That's not me. That's not what I did. Listen, I'm a seeker. I'm a seeker. Seek. You'll find me. But you won't find me with this. If you don't hurry up and do something, I'm going to quit you. No, you will find me when you seek after me with all of your heart. And if you'll be honest with God, it, there's more of your heart that can be put into seeking him. You can be more sincere and committed. Amen. And the Bible said, don't seek him until you're done. Seek him till he comes. 
Can you say amen? Seek the Lord till he come and rain righteousness upon you. You have need of patience that after you've done the will of God, seeking him, amen, that you might receive the promise. For he, cast not away, cast I need a neck mic. Amen. Cast not away your confidence, which hath great recompense of reward. Don't give up on God. Hallelujah. Because He hasn't given up on you. Amen. Cast not away your confidence, which hath great recompense of reward. For He that shall come will come, and He will not tarry. When He gets ready, when he gets ready in his timing, when he's developed you in patience. Amen. Amen. Bible said, let patience have her perfect work. <laughs> that means let God take you through, not from. Because it's tribulation that develops patience. If any man lack wisdom about trials and tests, let him ask of God that gives to all men liberally and upbraideth not. But let him ask in faith nothing wavering. For he that wavereth, we get categorized just like the wicked that don't have God or know God. Amen? With all of this doubt and unbelief, we get categorized. Just like those that don't know God. You want to hear the wicked are what? Like the troubled sea who's what? Whose waters cast up mire and dirt. There's no peace. Saith God to the wicked. We're not the wicked. But we can get in that category through unbelief and doubt. Listen to me carefully. James chapter 1. Has anybody got that? That could just read that? Because I'd like to have a verification as we close. I want to see. I want. I want to see this Christmas season that Emmanuel means more than a baby in a manger. It's God with us through Christ and by the Holy Spirit. James chapter one. There's wisdom all over the Bible. There's wisdom in Proverbs. Wisdom is the principal thing. This is not the general wisdom about everything. This is specific. Wisdom concerning trials and testings. This is specific to trials and testings. And if we ever needed to apply wisdom, it's when we're being tested with trials. Can you say amen? Has anybody got James 1? Would you start reading that, please? From the beginning. James, the servant of God and the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes which are scattered abroad, greetings. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. Wait, 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 wait. These are the persecuted Christians who've had to run for their life. They've had to leave families, jobs, homes, and be scattered because of intense persecution and the intent to destroy them. That's who he's writing to. So where's God? Listen to the rest of this and talk loud as you can. My brethren, count it all joy when ye fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have her perfect work, that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally, and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. 
But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. For he that wavereth is like the wa- a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. That's where the devil wants to put you when you're going through trials. In a position of such doubt and unbelief that the God who loves you and wants to help you can't do it because you're not trusting him for it. You are judging him by what you feel, what your experience, what your circumstance is at a given time. And you're judging him unfaithful. And you can't judge him unfaithful and experience his faithfulness. We got to get serious about this. This is not some little Christian Christmas Christian message where you get in and you get a little jingle bell and a little bit of Rudolph the Randolph the root nosed reindeer. Can you say, man? Did you say Randolph the root nosed reindeer? I definitely did, and I did it on purpose to see if you were listening. Now you'll never hear Rudolph the same again. Can you say, man? Christians, faulty bodies, fallen world, tribulation. Not the great tribulation, but in this world you shall have tribulation. When these trials come, it won't kindle on you, this fiery trial, if you trust God. I'm telling you, you've got to learn this lesson of his presence. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to the Lord. I'm going to read this one scripture in closing, but there's so much to this. Matthew 1.23 said, The virgin will be with child and and give birth to a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Not God above us in heaven, but God with us on earth. Not just the most high God but the most nigh God. Can you say man? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Where is he in the fire? Where is he when you're in the fire? He's in the fire with you. When you go through the fire, it won't kindle on you because I'm with you. When you go through the waters, they won't overflow you and drown you because I'm with you. David said, because of that, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I go from your spirit? He stood when that psalm was written, looking out probably the Mediterranean. Well, he had to be looking out over the sea because he used an example, looking out over the Mediterranean Sea. And he said, if I take the wings of the morning and I could fly to where the sea, the sky and the sea meet to the uttermost part of the sea, Thou art there. There's no place I can go that you are not with me. And that was before the Holy Spirit was even given. But God still made a personal commitment to his covenant people. And he said, if I make my bed in the grave, in hell, in that sense, not in that place of torment, no, but in the grave. I'm in the grave, even there. What? What? How far, how far does he go with you? Even there, that doesn't separate me from you. Even there, thine hand shall uphold me. 
Praise God. Even there you're with me. There's not a place I can go on this planet, this universe, not even down in the ground in death, that you're not right there keeping your promise. Amen. When you go through the fire, it won't kindle. I'm with you. When you go through the flood, it will not drown you because I'm with you. And what did Jesus, what did the angel tell them to name Jesus? Thou shalt call his name Jesus, because he'll save his people from their sins, and he shall be called Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God where? Let's locate him. Let's locate him. I don't care what you feel. I care, but you know what I'm saying. That's not what this is all about. It's not your feeling. It's about your faith. It's about his promise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And he shall be called Emmanuel, which being interpreted is what? God with us. God has come down in Christ. Christ has come to live within us, to, to stay with us until he takes us to stay with him. Until he comes, God is with us. When he comes, we're going to be with God forever. It's a win-win. But we especially need him to be with us right now. Faulty body, fallen world, formidable foe, faithful father. Say it with me, faithful father. Glory to God. So why did God take me through instead of from? I was in the PTO meeting as we really close and receive communion. They're filming everything. Cameras are running. People are taking pictures of Christian celebrities. But I don't care about celebrities. I need God. I need help in my own life, in my own brokenness. A young man of color came to sing. He, he looked vibrant. He was tall. He was athletic. He wore that size 40 suit perfectly. He had on the matching tie and the shiny shoes, and he, he just, you know, and his face was aglow. And I just fixed on him because he was singing a song about the faithfulness of God. I don't even remember the song, but it was blessing my heart, blessing my heart, blessing my heart. After the service, he had, he had experienced terrible loss. See, you wouldn't know it by looking at that man standing in front of that camera. I had an umbrella, and I walked out to my car, and it was pouring rain, 35 degrees. It was cold and wet and damp, and my spirit was colder and wetter and damper. And a young lady come running with her umbrella to my car window, and I rolled it down halfway. And she said, I want you to know what my husband experienced. Said he had a marriage. He loved his first wife. And she said, I pray every day that I'll be loved like she was. But he didn't think he would ever not only remarry. He didn't think he would ever have the same relationship with God. Because he said his wife was in perfect health. She was in her early 20s. She was preparing the evening meal and had an aneurysm and dropped to the floor, dead. And he said, something broke in me 
not just my heart broken because the love of my life was taken from me, but why did God allow it? And where was he when it happened? And where is he now when I'm hurting this bad? You see why this message is so critical and crucial? Because faulty bodies in fallen worlds Brother Venerable, can anything happen to anyone? God is in charge. God is in control. You've got to give him that. Can God heal that kind of brokenness? Not only the pain of loss, but the pain of a faith that has been shaken and almost shattered. He said, I was about to give up on God, but I couldn't. Because he was my only hope of getting through this. And he said, she said, sir... Not many people know what my husband has went through. See, God had restored him, his faith, and God had restored him with, with, with a wonderful lady in his life, never replaced the lady, his first love, but she's there with him, and she appreciates his faith now and said, listen, said, my husband said to tell you. See, nobody knew what I was going through either, but God did, and this was just what I needed to hear. Hallelujah, that somebody had been in a broken place. Faith had been shaken and yet found God to be faithful. He said, I couldn't give up on God. I couldn't give up on God. How, how, how can I get through this without believing that somehow, some way, there's, there's a reason, there's a purpose, and that, that God is going to do something through this? Well, he was doing something for me that very day. And this young lady told me, said, listen, when he sings, people are snapping pictures of, uh, uh, you know, the two people, PTL Club, you know, they're getting their picture, wanting to shake their hand, get a Bible signed by somebody. But I was, he said, he said, when I started singing, he said, there's so much diversion. And I don't like diversion because I'm not singing to the audience. I'm singing my praise to the Lord. Hallelujah. But he said, when he saw you sitting out there, he said, I focused on him. <laughs> and I thought, what? I focused on him. You know why? Because I was hungry and I was focused on God. And he saw that in me. See, he didn't know what I was going through, but hearing what he had been through, let me know that I could get through. Praise God. Amen. So what he went through was helping me get through. Praise God. Because my I still got my wife. She's going to be waiting for me. With open arms and, and hopefully, amen, hot fudge. She's going to make fudge for me. And I can eat all I want. Amen. She's going to be waiting to hug me and kiss me and receive me. But I with hot fudge. When it comes out of the oven before it has a chance to even harden and it's still warm and it's got either walnuts or pecans in there. Lord have mercy. Amen. The Lord is good. But that person 
his pain and the restoration. And he said, he was looking at you and said, he drew strength. What? I'm the weak one when I'm weak. Then I'm, he, I, he drew strength from you to stay focused and to sing for the glory of God. And not, and, and I said, here I am seeking a blessing and being a blessing. Didn't realize that you could be in my shape and still be a blessing. Well, you know something? God's strength shows up best in weak people. That's why Paul said, when I am weak, then am I made strong. And I thought, devil, you're losing some ground here. I'm not totally through this thing yet, but you're losing some ground in this old boy. Amen. Hallelujah. My faith continued to, to shake from time to time. I still experienced some anxiety attacks from time to time, but God took me through. Somebody called me uh, just a month ago or a little over a month ago and asked prayer for the very thing that I had come through and went through. And I said, you call the right preacher. Can you? And they said, I know because they've heard the testimony. Can you say man? Oh, hallelujah. I can report to you that God is faithful, that God will take you through. Don't worry about drowning. He's with you. Don't worry about getting consumed by that fiery trial. It won't kindle on you. It'll be around you, but it won't light on you. Praise God. Amen. And when you come, not if, and when you come through, Peter, Satan wants to sift you as the wheat. He wants to destroy you. But I have prayed for you that your faith fail not and if you make it through, and if you hold on to me, no, and when, because I'm with you, can you say, man, and when you come through this, amen, you're going to be a witness, you're going to be a testimony of my faithfulness and my grace and my goodness, and when thou art converted, from what? From that vacillating, I'll never forsake you and fallen on his face, amen, when you become another man. When you become a man that knows how to trust God, a man that knows how to trust God for the grace and mercy and love to stand, strengthen your brethren. Amen. Comfort one another with the same comfort wherein you are comforted of God. Hallelujah. Lost a loved one? Me too. Two of them, a little girl and a big old grown man. Amen. But God is faithful, who saved his soul, sealed him for heaven, and got him ready to go. And I can't wait to get to heaven for a little girl with dark black hair and deep brown eyes. Because this little newborn baby that was premature had a head full of hair. And had brown eyes. I wonder where that came from. Amen. Lisa Marie. Not only is Jesus going to meet me at the gate, but a young lady. By the way, when Sister Johnson went home, just before she went to heaven, I went to visit her. She was bedfast at that time. That's where the pit bull come to the screen. She said, oh, Brother Vidal, don't come in. I thought, you don't have to tell me not to come in. That thing was big as, big as yours, big as chocolate, only mean. He was mean. She had somebody there in the house timed to the bedpost on the other side. And I went over on this side and talked to her. And she said, and she always would say, yes, yes. Yes, when she wanted to emphasize something. 
And she said, Pastor Venable, she said, it won't be long now. I said, Jesus, that's why my son said, Dad, if I beat you to heaven, don't worry about it. I'm ready to go. I made it right with God, and I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go home, Dad. I'm ready to go home. And I said, you know, you're not supposed to do that. I'm, you're supposed to bury me, son. But he was ready. And everything shifted from the earth level to the heavenly. He quit talking about anything down here. He quit calling heaven, heaven. He started calling heaven home. Hallelujah. Praise God. And she said, Brother Venable, she said, very soon now, the Lord has told me very soon now. said, don't even worry about praying for my healing. It's time. Paul said it. It's time for me to be offered up. Time of my departure is at hand. I fought a good fight, kept the faith, finished my course. Until you finish your course, the devil wants to, but he can't. God is in control. Amen. Isn't that good to know? Hallelujah. So she said, yes, Jesus is going to come, and he's going to stand at the foot of my bed and say, are you ready to come home with me? And I'm going to say, yes. <laughs> Amen. I love her to pieces. And I walked a little closer to her. She said, Pastor Venable, don't you have a daughter in heaven? And I said, yes, ma'am, I sure do. She said, what is her name? I said, it's Lisa Marie. She said, yes, yes. That's what I thought it was. She said, but I wanted to be sure. Because as soon as I get to heaven, I'm going to find Lisa Marie. And I'm going to tell her about her daddy. Amen. That he's a preacher of the gospel. Amen. And she said, yes. <laughs> Amen. And I said, you know something? She's no more. She's not even. She's already in spirit. She's already there. She's just waiting to make the trip. Hallelujah. And she went peacefully within a week into the presence of God. And I believe that she she came up to a young woman in heaven and said, are you Lisa Marie? And she said, yes, I am. She said, yes. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. I'm glad to be Sister Johnson's pastor and to hear her talking about the reality of him and the reality of heaven. Praise. Where can I go from your spirit? Even there. Thy hand shall uphold me. Can you say, man, I hope you got something from this. I'm glad, I'm glad that God took me through. I'm glad that I can tell you God is faithful. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 And I'm, I'm going to ask a, a married couple today to come and serve as communion. Would you please do that?